It's the Luminaries with David Odyssey. This time, the astrology of Supreme Cancer MIA with special guest and friend of the pod, Fariha Khan. But first, thoughts on Courtney Love and Kurt Cobain, don't ask, Detransition Baby, Brokeback Mountain, Pride, Body Image Dysmorphia, and much, much more. Happy Cancer season. It's going to be a great summer. Thanks for being here. Okay, where to begin? Um, I do want to say uh, I have my first karaoke party in, you know, 20 months tomorrow, uh, and I have been taking voice lessons for a year, okay? So I don't want to, I don't know what progress has been made, but I definitely, like, I am singing way more. Just like around the house and stuff. And we're doing I'd Rather Be Blue from Funny Girl. Which, you know that part in the Carrie Fisher documentary when she's getting her nails done and she puts it on and she sings? I always think of that. And like when I've been singing it, I imagine Carrie Fisher's smoky voice. Um, That's the part in the documentary. I love it so much. And Carrie Fisher says, you know, sometimes I wish I could get to the end of myself. And she says, you know, by the way, I'm manic right now. She says, sometimes I wish I could get to the end of myself and just sit in the sun. Um, She's with me every day and I love her with all my heart. Um, Okay. I am currently working on my cancer piece for Nylon, so I am, like, knee-deep in Ariana Grande and Lil' Kim-ology. But I do gotta say, this is a complicated thing that I'm gonna bring up here. My roommate showed me, to to speak of cancer season, my roommate showed me the uh, 1998 band documentary only available on daily motion called Kurt and Courtney about Kurt Cobain and Courtney love and all of the conspiracies, uh, which accuse her of pulling a hit on him. I look, the documentary is pretty messy, but look, Kurt Cobain's is a Pisces and Courtney Love is a Cancer. She's also a Libra rising. We're going to have to do her chart on this show. Who else is a Cancer dating a Pisces? Grimes and Elon Musk. Grimes, Pisces. Elon Musk, Cancer. Kurt Cobain, Pisces. Courtney Love, Cancer. So do we kind of see the pattern here? There's just, when you look at Kurt Cobain's chart, Uh, He doesn't really stand a chance, to be honest. He's really a pure Pisces. Really, really, really. Um, And when you look at her chart, you know, I believe some of the arguments. Um, One of our listeners, who I hope is listening, who I'm very grateful to have gotten to know uh, over the past few months, uh, Katarzyna, informed me that um, the Tori Amos song Professional Widow, which you all know from the dance floor that plays, they play the remix, uh, It's Gotta Be Big, It's Gotta Be Big, okay, is written about 
Courtney Love, which upon reading the lyrics, I think is true and is pretty devastating. I do want to say that I have studied also the astrology of Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, who she had an affair with or whatever. That is some um, hell, hell world shadow reality darkness. Okay, let me just be clear about that. Uh, dark, 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 dark. Okay. Um, the the best part about this documentary is it's really there's no funding and it's literally the documentarian running around like the Pacific Northwest with a boom mic and you know Ruby McAllister frequent guest once said that the only funny thing in the world that remains are when a boom mic <laughs> comes into the frame like when when they're filming a documentary and the boom mic you see the boom mic come in I, of course, love when the boom mic hits someone on the face. That's, of course, a favorite of mine. Um, when I was 18 and I started um, my writing career at Outsmart, which is Houston, Texas's gay magazine, and they're still running and I love them. Um, you know, we used to get these DVDs to review. And this was like pre-Ryan Murphy. This was when Ryan Murphy was still doing Nip Talk, okay? So, you know, Netflix was not pumping out gay content. By the way, the gay content it pumps out pumps out now. Let's not, you know, don't don't let any fireworks. But we're talking like TLA and Strand releasing DVDs. We're talking the eating out movies. We are talking some of the worst. We're talking the Dante's Cove series. Okay, we're talking some of here. Uh what what was that that network called here that you no one had? And one of the movies, the boom, you, you literally, the boom entered the shot. <laughs> so I used to have to re review these movies, which was fabulous, but it was like, oh God, you know, um, I miss queers folk. Um, I start, I, what did I rewatch today? Everyone broke back mountain. Um, you know, I just want to say, like, the end of the media is necessary because remember how much bullshit press coverage there was for that movie during all of those annoying interviews when both of the actors, who are very good, had to answer questions like, were you uncomfortable having to kiss another man? Like, you know, maybe if the media didn't ask questions like that, we wouldn't have to be having a, a discourse from 7,000 years ago. And we could just, like, enjoy art in a non-boring um, way. Um, I do want to say, Linda Cardellini, you get your life. You look great, girl. Um, you know, I still resent that they married her off with Jeremy Renner in the Avengers movies. Ugh. Um, but love her, obviously, you know... Uh, her work as Chutney and Legally Blonde is my father's favorite thing in the world, besides the sweetest thing. Okay. Um, Brokeback's great. I'm extremely lonely. I am uh, off sniffies, and I am uh, opening up to Jesus, and I don't really know what the timeline he's working with here. Um, I want to say something really humiliating has happened. Um, 
this is probably the most open and vulnerable I am ever going to be on this show. So take this, you know, uh, don't take this for granted. <laughs> I rewatched Garden State. The absolute humiliation that Garden State was a cherished film for me in ninth grade. It was a DVD and a CD, which I cleave to. It was the gateway for me to uh, what I perceive to be a deep, quote-unquote, adulthood and a departure from middle school. Garden State introduced me to Coldplay. I mean, look. This movie is the anatomical eve of all bad indie film. So let me just break things down for you. In the 90s, indie film was interesting, right? Parker Posey was the queen of independent cinema. In the mid-2000s, Zach Braff brought us this film, which introduced us to Twee, which then unleashed the... Um, you know, um, the hell I live in. Okay. Um, you know, so John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph in Away We Go. Um, any Anna Kendrick movie ever made. Um, all twee culture about, like, losers going home to a small town where, like, guitar music plays. Obviously, I don't even need to get into the Manic Pixie Dream Girl stuff. So it is mortifying. What's even more mortifying is that I was still affected by it and that it still does kind of hit. And I understand why I, as a 14-year-old, was affected by it. Um, and I do appreciate what his character goes through. I think, I think Peter Sarsgaard's great. I think Jackie Hoffman and a young Anne Dowd, hello, do great work. And I have to say, Natalie Portman, for the shit she's given... Literally, not uh, not the flack she's given, the, the script she's given in which she plays this ridiculous character. Of course, she's fantastic. Don't watch Garden State. Um, but I just want to, like, come clean that this is what I need right now. Okay? Um, I want to just say that... Okay. I did meet with Lou Faustin, who is a uh, previous live Luminaries guest, Marie Faustin's sister. She is a uh, champion bodybuilder and personal trainer. She's been making my nutrition plan. Uh, I met her in Chelsea at her gym. Best session of my life. Uh, totally healed years of gaslighting from male trainers, especially the male trainer who I will not be mentioning his name, but who... Um, Talk about my Terminator complex. The person I was meeting with this winter, I was like, how can I find an abuser? And I did it. Okay. She, so empathic, incredible. But um, I, I had to go to Chelsea and it was truly, I think this was a huge part of my healing because everyone there was gay at her gym and everyone there had the body of Superman. And I was like, okay, I have dysmorphia forget about it. You know, it, it was like, um, it was hyper exposure therapy to like the levels that a dysmorphia can go to where you're like not even a person anymore. 
And I think that was good for me. I do think I've hit a turning point where I do. We had a good talk in therapy. I do think I'm aware now of where the where a lot of my body stuff is rooted in. Similar to a lot of my career stuff, sexual abuse. And I am now able to at least be aware of the ways that my kind of funhouse mirror has gotten in the way of like, I don't know, having realistic goals or having any goals or wanting anything. All right. The saga continues. Um, I am reading Detransition Baby, thanks to Melissa Rich, and I love it. Um, you know, I haven't read fiction since I started recovery. And I keep thinking about that line from Call Me By Your Name when, um, not Kiara, what is the other sister's name in Call Me By Your Name? Um, Call me by your name. Call me by your name. Hold on. Uh, This is going to, oh, Marcia. When Marcia says to Elio, you know, like, people who read a lot of books are very private. They have like a secret life that they don't want anyone to know about. And that is so true. And before I started recovery, I think that was when I was writing fiction leading up to that, I was in a totally private world. And I think it's been really hard for me to return to fiction for the first time in my life because I've always read fiction, always, 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 because I think I've been really uneasy about that relationship that I have, that inner relationship I have, which I do think comes out with prose and literature. You know, even a comic book, there are intermediaries because a comic book is written, it's drawn, it's colored. You know, it's a little bit more collectivized. Um, But literature is so private. But I'm reading Detransition by Tori Peters, and I don't know, it's worked for me. Um, So I'm I'm, I'm hoping that I'm back in the saddle because it's who I am. Um, but what I do love about the book is like, you know, who they're referencing and when, so obviously every Charlene reference has made me really happy and full of love. I am going to be at Charlene's Charlene and Tyler Ashley's baby tea for pride. What are people doing for pride? Whatever. Okay. Um, do, do whatever you want. You don't have to do anything for anyone. And by the way, that goes the same for July 4th. You don't owe anyone anything. Okay, I'm saying that to myself. Um, So, I... This is one of my all-time favorite episodes. I'm really... Like, I just felt like Faria was such an open heart, and we were able to go in so many directions. What I will say... um, The first three minutes, the audio is not great, but it then... We fixed it, so just... um, you know, be open and live, laugh, love. And um, we talk about a lot in this episode. So I just want to say, like, if there's anything that hit you or that hit you in a weird way in this episode, please reach out, DM me, email me, whatever. And I will, of course, like, you know, I'll share it in the next episode, etc. Um, I'm really grateful. And um, thank you for listening. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Okay, just in time for the dawn of cancer season. We are talking about, I think, one of the great cancers of our time. Uh, and to do so, I've recruited one of the great cancer moons of our time. Um, you know, Drake and Michael B. Jordan have given cancer moons everywhere. Um, I, I don't want to say a bad name, but they've certainly given a mark of corniness to your people. Um, and I'm glad to have uh, my dear friend and fellow student of astrology, uh, Faria Khan, here with me. David, it's an honor to be here. I am, I am absolutely <laughs> so pleased. Me. I'm so pleased. Uh, yeah. I'm thrilled. It's about time. So we are doing the astrology of MIA. Um and we will be getting into it. Obviously, if there's anything we miss, let me know. Um, and I'll read it in the next episode. Um, Faria, to start, first of all, I want to know about your journey with astrology. And then I want to hear about your journey with MIA. Okay, I love that. Okay. Okay, my journey with astrology. <laughs> Glad you love that. So, okay. Um, <laughs> my journey with astrology is, honestly, Ziggy. Sorry, we have um we have, we have a live feline scenario here. Okay. Uh-huh. Zuzu. I'm training them. So yeah. This is important for them to experience this. She has allergies. Okay, but um astrology I feel like I've been interested in for like so long. But I grew up in the kind of family where they like make fun of you for having like feminine interests. And um basically I grew up with two brothers, and I was, like, the only girl, and I feel like they just, like, made fun of everything I was interested in, and it, like, <clears throat> diminished in value and shit like that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like astrology was, like, of that. Mm-hmm. They would just make fun of it. So I have spent years trying to, like, repress my interest and be like, no, I'm not interested in that. I just, like, read about it on like bad websites online because also the thing is there's a lot of misinformation with astrology obviously so that it does get the bad rep from some you know if you've listened to this podcast you know i say do not google anything Don't with astrology find some book somewhere talk, because somebody to talk to. and somebody to <laughs> <laughs> find a friend because yeah when you google shit it is usually like um I don't know. It's like a human trafficking matchmaking it's, site in, is, in Nepal or yeah, something. It's, it's really bad. Scary. Yeah. I mean, also the thing that I do want to state, if you don't mind me disclosing this to the people, is that uh, you like me and like Madonna, we are Aquarius Rising. I love to disclose that. And I think like that is that little, are you the third child? I'm second. You're second. Okay. But it is this like... You're the different child. The d- I'm the only girl, middle child. Mm-hmm. You know. An artist. Artist, queer. Queer. Brown in America. Right. So it, it there. I think the Aquarius adds that little extra X factor. You have to be different. So yeah. the, that's to me what brings in the astrology. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean even from the start, I think I liked astrology for like self validation. Mm-hmm. Because I actually have always felt like that's hard to do. That's been hard to do for myself Mm -hmm. for growing up different. Because I'm not getting validated by, like, the culture. The culture Mm. is telling me I'm weird, like, the whole time. Like, Mm. I'm talking the 90s. You know what I'm saying? Totally. The the 2000s, 2000s, certainly. Yeah. 
So it took me like so long to grow into myself. Mm. But I I feel like I always knew who I was, but like reading shit about like Cancer Moon or Aries or Aquarius Rising, whatever, was always so helpful. And then at some point a few years ago, I think during my Saturn returns, I was just like, fuck this, I need help. And so <laughs> I started Same. legitimately studying astrology. And ever since then, I've never turned back. And then me and you kind of formed this like beautiful thing. Yes. Actually, like at this really pivotal point of the journey, I think for both but of us. But for both of us, certainly. And like it was also during like the Great Conjunction and as like I was coming out of my Saturn returns. You were still in yours for a little bit. Yes. And so it was just like this really like kind of beautiful moment that felt so meaningful. And now I feel like I'm this super spiritual person where like I'm interested in these various things and learning the like history and it it like has enhanced my life and just like my internal life in such a way that I cannot describe. And I, I feel that. like I sound like an asshole, like I'm trying to brag about it. And I am also trying to brag about it. But... You know, it's interesting because I just feel like I was raised with private, in a private Jewish universe. And what I do like about astrology and studying tarot is that I'm studying them under the proviso that I understand that they're both these like... They're both these, like, studies that have evolved over eons, that have collected eons, influences yeah. from all over the world. And I grew up in this more monolithic institution where it was like, this is it. Yeah. And, like, this is perfect and it's unchanged, which is, of course, not true because, obviously, Judaism is also... It's spliced Within from other Semitic cultures time, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so I do like this idea of being able to, and also through astrology and tarot, I'm learning a lot about Old and New Testament. Right. And, right. And a lot about so my, my ancestry, et cetera, yeah. in a more like open and holistic manner than before. So I appreciate that aspect too. Yeah. That's so interesting because I was raised Muslim mm. because my family's from Pakistan. But what's interesting for me, okay, so like I can totally relate to the growing up in the traditional uh, religious, like whatever confines mm-hmm. of the way that they teach you how things are. And it's, I always found it like really limiting. You yes. know what I mean? Um, anyways, I feel like, too, now with, like, my interest in astrology and tarot and, like, studying it, it's taking me to a place where I'm, like, now studying, like, Hinduism and, like, Mm. ancient Indian culture, which is, like, I'm assuming my indigenous roots, although I don't fucking know, you know what I mean? No one... Totally. Literally, dude, I think... I don't know. I can't speak for all immigrants, but my immigrant experience is, like, we don't know our roots. It's, like, we're from Pakistan. I feel disconnected as fuck from that. Beyond that, my dad and mom cannot tell me. Like, it's very, like, what they say is like I could have just Wikipedia that like there's nothing do you ever have the thing where you go to the doctor's office and they're like so is there like a history of heart disease in the family yeah, it's, and it's like, like I don't know everyone's do you dead know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't talk to them I really right. don't know right exactly like we actually have a language barrier yeah. <laughs> and when I go there I feel like a lot of <laughs> deep-rooted issues of not fitting in come up and I'm kind of dealing with that I know it's very weird I completely it's get very that into- but I I am like getting in touch with like Indian culture mm, there's definitely I'm feeling something major. happening it's probably the same when like any per- you know like I don't know any person's getting in touch with their indigenous roots it's like oh maybe there is a lineage from this and like you know 3,000 years ago maybe I have some of this in my DNA well especially 
I mean, okay. I am bringing this up as, you know, um, as your white Jewish friend, but it's like Uh the India-Pakistan thing and the Israel-Palestine thing happened within a two-year range. Wait, I didn't think about that. You know, and they're just specifically they're both pretty much because of the British, and like they're not. It's totally not. What is you know what I mean? It's like you and I grew up with these realities, but like they aren't. I mean, I'm glad we're doing this on the MIA episode because it's like. Yeah, in terms of like the long, long like was history that a of thing the world, before? exactly. Is that what you're getting at? Okay, you know what I've been wondering. I don't know this about. Like I've been trying to learn about the India Pakistan thing, right? To like understand my own roots and right. Shit. And like for me, I have I feel like I have limited resources. I mean, it's also right. like I've been researching a lot of stuff and maybe not focusing enough on that. Like maybe I could dig deeper, but you know, I try to ask my parents and stuff or like. Google some shit, whatever. <laughs> sure, that went really well. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, they don't know how to explain it, but like, why was there a partition? That's what I don't understand. Was it like, they were fighting before? Were Hindus and Muslims fighting before the British? Or did the British come and that happened? Right. That's what, and so it's like, to me, it's like, as if it's the latter, if it didn't happen, like they weren't fighting before and the British just came in. That is such, like, intense colonial meddling. Like, they created social problems that now we're all dealing with. Like, but I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of inextricable. Okay, the cats are fighting. The cats are fighting. Um, in, it's like, good the for cutest them. way. <laughs> it's good for them. Um, I think it's inextricable. I think it's, like, both. Obviously, I think there probably yeah. was yeah, tension and warfare. However, it's inextricable from, like, this influence of this, like, artificial dominator that just that intensified in. there's everything. no way i mean i'm glad we're talking about mia because she exists in this post-colonial like it's deeply post-colonial ruins, where it's star, like yeah. everything is a mess everything's yes, entangled yes and like no one's identity makes any sense anymore oh my god that's like why <laughs> i okay another thing i hate is when how it's like trendy now for like these these like big magazines and publications to be like millennials they just love astrology it's because they don't have religion but it's like i feel like it diminishes what astrology is which is like you said like literally thousands of generations like of knowledge layered on top of each other yes and it just completely diminishes it to like oh millennials think it's cute well also i mean this is a thing about millennials which you know millennials are the pluto in scorpio, scorpio. generation yeah and uh we're just so heavily gaslit that we're trying to find a higher truth. Yeah. And there is actually, for all that this stuff, the reputation it gets of being like bullshit self-help, which I completely understand, there's actually a higher objectivity if you really study it, which is like, okay, rising signs became a thing in ancient Egypt. Boom. It's (gasps) not like, and this is right. You know, there, and because... The practice itself is spiritual, but it's individual. So, like, yes. do it however you need to do it. Right. Um, and, like, mommy and daddy won't judge you. Because at the end of the day, there's an interpretation. So you can study all the shit, but at the end of the day, you just pop off with an interpretation, which is an individual take on something. And that's what, like, religion is supposed to be. But there's, like, it's funny because in America, we live in this individualist society as right. opposed to co- communal, right? right? And that's, like, a lot of where our problems step, stem from, like, a loneliness epidemic, like, the pandemic and people, like, so alone and isolated, like, all of this shit, right? Right. But it's, like, 
we don't live in a culture where you're like actually allowed to be an individual. It's actually still oppressive to be like unique, and that's why this MIA episode really ties in. (laughs) Okay, so can you just tell me like? Yeah. I'll share when I got in there, but I want to know, like, how did this start for you? Okay, so the, for me, this is huge. I'm so excited. You don't understand that the fact that we're doing this episode is deeply personally meaningful mm-hmm. because I found out about MIA. It was, like, freshman year of college. I still remember my friend Lindsay told me about her. Lindsay, that's a picture of when I went to her wedding last year. Shout it was, out. like, a really <laughs> big deal. Like, and, and me and Lindsay, like, for me, going to college was, like, I was just getting out of my parents' house. Yes. And it was, like, freshman year was, like, oh, my God, I'm so happy to be free. Like, so fucking happy. I feel like I just went, went nuts on, like, living life. Like, hanging out with my friends without my mom being, like, are you studying or right. whatever the fuck? And just, like, I don't know, everything. I was, like, really excited. And so I was, like, in this intense period of, like, owning this freedom, like a psychotic person, like, so happy. And then I find out about MIA, and I felt like she represented all this shit that I was, like, learning about myself. That I'm like, well, I'm a brown girl, but I think what I'm realizing is, like, I never fit in with the traditional aspects of being a brown girl. And so that's where a lot of my shit stems from and a lot of shit with my mom stems from because that's what she wanted from me. Mm. And so then there was, like, this not fitting into, like, the community, the brown community that I grew up with. And I was, like, feeling like an outcast. And then going to college was, like, well, fuck this shit. I'm, like, going to set all this stuff on fire, like, start over. Made these, like, queer friends. Everyone was, like, different. Mm. And I was, like, okay, this is, like, my new fucking life. I'm doing me now. And then, like, MIA represented this thing of, like, well, here's this fucking brown woman that you can't tell her what to do. She looks different. She talks different. She acts different. She is fully different. She's fucking, like, an artist. Like, it's like she comes from an immigrant family, too. Like, her, she came here with her band. She was a fucking refugee. Like, she understands everything that, not, I didn't go through the exact same experience as her, but a lot of the key points really hit home for me. Like, in a deep way that I had never felt so satisfied in my heart. Like, I had, at that point in time, I had never seen anyone like that. That reflected the kind of thing that I thought I was going through. No one. Like, not a single, like, brown woman. Like, there's Mindy Kaling, right? But she represents something else, too. Like, it's a buttoned-up version. It's different. I didn't, like, totally resonate with that. But MIA, like, really resonated. And so, for me, it was, like... You know, I had spent so much of my childhood feeling, like, lonely as fuck because I was so different, but there was, like, no one like me. So I had, I felt like, yeah, I was gaslit, and I felt like I was, could never find the validation to, like, relax, and I became this deeply self-conscious person Mm. that is now an alternative-style stand-up comedian. You know what I mean? So, like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, like... You know, the all stand-up thing is interesting because, like, I think if you listen to this podcast, you know that, like, I am fixated on some icons of the 90s because I truly think that, like, with the 2000s and the dawn of the Twee era and, like, the the ironic and, like, yeah. I'm offbeat. Yeah. Like, cool people died, basically. Like, there are no cool people, <laughs> yeah. like, after, like, I guess 9-11. <laughs> and 9-11, they all went there. MIA is, like... Cool as fuck. You know, like it's like old. It's like eighties, nineties, like New York, like Lower East Side, like yeah. fucking. Like punk she's rock a fucking shit. like blondie level. Like oh, oh she's that, cool. I got like shivers. That's so nice. Yeah, to think and about. like there's this New Yorker piece that I was talking to you about earlier from when the documentary that. came out, and they were like, 
you know, when you hear the term world music, it usually is really lame and really, like, yeah. didactic. Yeah. But MIA, it's not, like, she is, I have never felt, okay, for instance, let me just tell you, I'm going, I'm sorry that I have to rant about this no, again. please, please, pop off. Last week on RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, which is the Australian spinoff of the show, and, like, don't worry, I'm going to hang myself tonight. Anyways, <laughs> one of the queens... And you know who I'm talking about if you're listening. Came out in like a drag fire suit because she was doing a drag send up to the like firefighters of Australia. Oh. And it was like, this sucks. Oh, dude. You know? And Wait, like, MIA, drag- it's like, there is not a single MIA song that isn't about something. It's, it's, she it's talks so about major shit, true. but it's cool. I've it's never felt so like it's didactic cool. or sentimental or schmaltzy or like inspirational. That is not okay. what's at stake here, you know? I, I have to tie something to what you just said as I, before I forget. I think I was reading this interview with like a writer. It was like a writer of color. Mm. I can't remember who the fuck it was right now. I want to say it's like, it was Ocean. Young mm-hmm. or someone like that. Okay. And they were talking about how all the stuff they had read about, like, minorities who had published books about their experience, and this is, like, talking about it from, like, the 90s and stuff, like, before their era, was, like, it was like that. It was, like, a performance, and there was, like, one person, and it had to be about this cultural experience in a way that was, like, palatable to, like, right. white colonial culture or something. And, like even, like, in the 90s, like, or whatever, and um, and how they had never read a book that was, like, represented their experience and, like, what it was really like and, like, the gritty truth of it, yes. et cetera, et cetera. And it's, like, anyways, that was really related. And, and I, I think what's that. genius about her is, like, she's poor, grew up in the UK in, like, the council flat. She's of Sri Lankan origin she knows that people who are consuming her music don't even know what Sri Lanka is. So her music is a mosaic where she's able to, like, oh. what I loved about the documentary, which everyone should watch, so amazing. is they showed her basically going, like, countries all over the world, which she does for every album, and, like, recruiting a, a different musical soundscape. Because for her, she's aware that we're at this, like, we're in the ruins, basically. And, like... There is no monolith because everything is so crisscrossed in this, like, capitalist um, explosion, you know? So her music represents that, and she is a a representative of, like, where she comes from, which we're about to get into with her cancer, but, like, she also knows that she's, like, a million things, you know? That's so huge because to know that, something that I found, like, really deep about her when I, especially when I was watching the documentary and like, you know, I'm just, I was, I was a fan from like when I was young in yeah. that like visceral way where Same. I like, you know, like I didn't even understand it. I was like, I just connect with this. Me too. And like watching her in the documentary, I was like, she truly does not give a fuck. And I know there's moments where they crack her and she does give a fuck. But like my experience of being that different as a brown girl is like directly correlated with just being like deeply self-conscious and maybe that is because my experience was this like kind of sheltered suburban experience in the south right which was like i was just growing up with like a lot of like southern like 
it was like generational racism and shit like that but it's all like deeply subtle but it's like yeah my dad had a good job you know what i mean like we moved here for like a tech job Mm. and like lived in the suburbs and they've experienced that kind of success so it's like was not the same as coming here as a refugee so maybe i always thought my experience was like a self-conscious like british boy that sounds so Mm. problematic that i said that but that's how i feel about it i felt like i was like in a sweater vest like not fitting in and like deeply emotional i love that and like like quiet until like i could be like connecting and then you realize... And then I pop off in a way that's, like, bipolar. You... <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, like, desperate to talk. <laughs> right, and you also realize, like, your point of view. I know, I was like, oh, so that's my... That's how I feel. I feel like it was just a specific experience. But, again, it's really hard for me, even now, to find someone who relates to that exact version of that experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that can just be isolating, too. Even within, like, the community of the brown girls that are outcasts. <laughs> like, it's just, like, constantly, like, being gaslit and struggling to feel validated. But anyways, my reaction to it was to be so self-conscious that it was, like, clinically insecure. And MIA's reaction was to, like, deeper do her. And, I, like, I, to me, she doesn't seem self-conscious. She just seems like she's fucking doing her. And that's what's always been so inspiring. And, like... Sometimes when I think about, like, the uselessness of, like, capitalism and what it feels like to make art and, like, do something that you feel like is meaningful when the entire system is, like, trying to kill you as Mm. you're alive is, like, it just makes everything feel futile. But I'm like, okay, what is the point of trying to be an artist? Maybe it is because there would be some, and at the risk of sounding cheesy and, like, being, like, a representation, like, poster or whatever, but it's, like, maybe there is, like, a fucking kid who, like, grew up like that and that shit's gonna mean a lot and maybe you don't know what effect that would have and I kind of feel like I'm that case study for MIA. Like, it had a huge effect on me and, like, she even went out of, like, the public eye at some point. Oh, yeah. And I didn't even really totally understand what happened and actually I realized I had watched that documentary, like, three years ago, I think when it came out but I forgot that I had and when I watched it I think I was in a different place and I had a different reaction to it and I remember on the in the documentary being like damn I guess she was like too much or something too bad yeah and like I was probably in a really shitty place three years ago I absolutely was right I was fully in a shitty place with myself and then when I watched it now I had a completely different reaction Mm. I was like wait that's like literally a miscarriage of justice yes like this is actually truly fucked up I'm pissed the fuck off I'm mad that I didn't even realize that three years ago because I was my mind was probably so deeply colonized and she wasn't even around well you were probably in survival mode yeah when you were like I need to make it work I was I was oh my god I absolutely was you know I I absolutely was I was like working in advertising like trying to do comedy like living in like fucking flatbush or something right it was hard (laughs) i understand um yeah i i think yes her music does that i think i think her music is so layered that first of all in terms of quality like i just don't think she's made a bad song yet or a bad album but also like in terms of satire in terms of like I think she does what Azalea Banks does, where you're just like, you are doing so many things at once that, like, anyone... Like, I, as, like, her white gay fan since 2005, 
get a lot out of it in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, she's fucking with everything. This is incredible. And right. I get to enjoy it. You know what right. I mean? Like, That's so she, beautiful. She, as a paragon and as an artist, is yeah. able to do so many things at once. Okay, so That's let's jump deep. in. That's really smart. Yeah. Um, okay. We do not have MIA's rising sign. However, we have plenty to talk about. Um, and we are going to take as many liberties as we'd like. Um, so buckle up, okay? MIA is a cancer, okay? I think it's... I think her being a cancer is really major. Maybe. I have talked... Well, first of all, what, are you, what do you feel with that, about her being a cancer son? Well, you know what, actually... I learned this from your podcast, from okay. listening, from being a fan of the pod. Long-time fan, first-time first time guest, long-time listener, first-time guy on the pod. But um, I remember you said once that cancer means that they have, like, a story to tell about their roots. Where the fuck did you hear this stuff, by the way? I want to, like, learn that. To me, you know, the moon, cancer is ruled by the moon. The moon is the mother. Yeah. And the moon is your history. It's your history? Because it carries so many, like, stories. Exactly. Because it's communication, because it's a light source. Is that what? Oh, I love that. I I mean, well, it it bears the light of the sun. It reflects the light of the sun, so it's bearing the light of the sun. And, you know, as I've said before, the cancer is the mammary glands. So there's just, it's 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 this thing that you're, like, it's, like, this food that you're, like, caring that you need to give you know that is i love titties and i love the moon done and done i've never made that connection as a cancer moon that makes a lot of sense right and that's why cancers are so sensitive that's why cancers like um can be kind of hoarders i just think they're like they're really carrying something on an emotional level that they're carrying makes so something. much sense yeah that makes so much sense and cancer is the sign of the tribe you know, Gemini yeah. season, I see it as a progression. We're in Gemini season right now, which is this kind of like rabid social mania of like going out and meeting people. Like butterfly. Right. And that's leading into the cancer thing, which is like finding your people who ah, you get in the cave with. That's you so know? beautiful. Should be like that anyways. Um, so I really see her cancer as, as really central because, yeah. you know, again, I, Obviously, my other fav- one of my other favorite cancers, and you know, stay tuned for my nylon piece on cancer coming out uh, just in time Ooh. for cancer season, where I talk about all my favorite songwriters. But like Roisin Murphy, who I talk about a lot on the podcast, to me is a very pure cancer in this way too, which is like she is this like disco pop diva in the way that MIA is this like experimental electro rapper but they're both really st- telling the story of their people like Roisin Murphy is like telling the story of this like Irish witch <laughs> you know what I mean her songs are like these these stories and MIA I I think is really telling like the story of colonialism that's exactly what she's fucking doing and she's got gaslit the entire time when no one else is talking about that here's the other thing i think about like the brown experience and maybe this is like all poc experience it's like you're trying to talk about like no one in the culture growing up was talking about your experience so then it's like Mm. oh diversity higher season you're supposed to do it but then when you do it there's this unspoken thing where people do gaslight you and they actually kind of like, no, like they don't have to talk about it because they don't have to care because it doesn't, 
affect their privilege or whatever they want you to fucking care but then you show up and care and you're kind of told well it still doesn't matter and i don't have like the money to talk to you right now you know what i'm saying totally and you're like in a vacuum because you're being brought into like a white environment and then your voice is supposed to change all of that but you don't get to actually have a dialogue with other people with your experience right and I feel like watching her put so her isolating. albums together, yeah. she's going back to Sri Lanka. She's right. going all over the world and she's like composing this thing where it's she like... She literally, oh my God. Yeah. She literally like brought the world together, like connected totally. things. Actually, I like wrote it down in my journal. Like there was that one point in the film where she was like talking about how there were like kids in Sri Lanka and then like kids like somewhere like in, yes, in Trinidad, or yeah. Trinidad or whatever. And like they wanted the same things. They had the same dreams. Right. They had the same people. And I was like, she's doing this thing for the culture where she's like connecting the shit. But I feel like not enough people are like noticing or caring. Well, the irony I don't know if this is irony, but like the thing about paper planes being the mega phenomenon it was is that, yeah, like white straight dudes were going off to paper planes because it's, it's about a good beat. it's a good beat. And it's be- because it's about class and it's because the whole world was going through a financial crisis. So the hustler Shit. mentality that she celebrates as an immigrant yeah, obviously, Wait, that, they don't have oh that God. experience, but they, they get the ethos. But it was, like, exploited for, like, a pop culture phenomenon. Right. And then she gets so big that she does go on the Super Bowl, but it, like, backfires. And the fucking documentary, We I know we need to get to all this and talk about all no. this, but the documentary ends with her literally, remember that scene where she's like, maybe I'll go back to school. Like she's talking about quitting. Like it's it's like we were talking about earlier how internet comments can affect you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, of course, this like celebrity who has experienced insane success as a refugee in like a in a phenomenal way, like in a in a cultural phenomenon, is literally like I should fucking quit. Like this sucks. Yeah, because, well, <laughs> all right. her son and her Saturn are pretty much conjunct. Um, you know, Saturn. How many degrees is that? I'm curious. Like, what do you still count oh, as conjunct? Yeah, no, they're my conjunct. It's about three degrees. I keep oh, it within five. Sexy. I would keep it within five. Oh, so you wouldn't say my Chiron's conjunct with my moon? Because it's seven degrees. Uh, I, they're definitely at work together. In my heart, together. it feels Yeah, they're, they're working together. Okay, that was a certainly. side note. That was a personal thing I was consulting David on, and I'm sorry no, everyone kind of had to hear the, that. let's peel back the curtain here. Um... <laughs> Look, her son is with Saturn. She's the boss. Okay, we had this actually with the Nora Ephron episode where Nora Ephron had her son and her Saturn both in Taurus. Emma is the boss. Okay. She's the boss. But emotional sensitive boss. Emotional sensitive boss. And yeah, she has her moon in Scorpio. So she is very emotional. Where those emotions are bound, uh, I think we get a lot of of that from her T-square. So to explain this, we have a T-square, which is when you have three planets are connected um, in kind of an explosive volcanic like release, uh, which is to say two of the planets are opposing each other and they're both squaring kind of a central event. Her sun is at the top of the pyramid, so to say, in a T-square with Jupiter and Aries and Uranus and Libra. Okay, what does that mean? Uranus and Libra is pretty generational. This is, uh, you know, she's born in 1975. She's Gen X. She's got Pluto and Uranus and Libra. So we know that this is really a generation that is raised on, um, 
a uh, perhaps a a baby boomer and a greatest generation mentality about like order and presentation and keeping everything nice and pretty and just like getting married and like behaving they're here to kind of fuck that up a little bit they're really angry they're they're rebels and then she has her jupiter and aries so we know that for her it's a uh, a lot of her her expansion happens really individually you know she is not and we saw that in the documentary she can't she has written for other people but she needs to be the kind of the power thing. And then when we see that Aries going up against Libra, I get this huge, there's like a mischief there because Libra is all about like the happy couple. And Aries is like the single like sex addict who's like, yo, (laughs) fuck you. I'm going to like sleep with your wife. So there's like, (laughs) I see this huge like trickster, prankster, and like rebel punk thing going on. Yeah. Where does that get focused is in the cancer. So once Damn. it gets bound in this larger story that she needs to tell and this Damn. wanting, you know, she is really empathic. And yeah, you know, what she does is driven by this experience she's had and this what she saw in Sri Lanka, what she saw growing up poor in the UK as a brown person. And like that, you know, there are plenty of really iconic Gen X musicians who do this with relationships or whatever, or who are just like, yeah, fuck the system. With her, the cancer is really kind of definitive here to me, which is like, yeah, she's similar to Alanis Morissette or Kurt Cobain or Shirley Manson, but it's a little bit more, the picture is grounded in this more tribal kind of orientation. Damn, that So that's cool. where the sensitivity is going for me. It's going towards like, her people. Needing to tell the story of her people. Yeah. Oof, that is so good. I love hearing you talk about astrology. But her Mercury's in Cancer too, so I agree. She so it's is like really fully emphasis on it. And but and it, I think it, she is very vulnerable. And that She's Mercury, vulnerable. by the way, is squaring Pluto and Libra, which to me is the Bill Maher interview. Oh, <laughs> the Destroyer is in Libra, and and nothing is more Libra than like Pluto's a Destroyer. Yeah, wherever it is, it destroys. It's you. a de- it's a source of destruction and recreation. Damn. So the Pluto Libra generation is very much like, I don't want to be like my parents. I'm going to create a new something <laughs> new. And then, of course, they become their parents. And there's like a whole cycle there. Wow. But nothing is more Libra to me than like an American talk show where you have to just like sit and smile and pretend that everything's OK. Oh, my God. So when we see Pluto and Libra squaring her Mercury in this very open and It's like her cancer, trying to talk about her people is going to get fucking destroyed. Totally. And she can't do that thing she can't do the like pretending to be like she can't because she has all this deep water shit cancer and then scorpio but also isn't that scorpio moon is that conjunct north node yeah that's like intense that's really big that's really intense and by the way what do you count the chiron and aries as part of the the t-square I don't see why not because it's conjunct her Jupiter, so I don't see why not. So Chiron, so wouldn't which is that her, be like really intense? Her wounded healer, yeah. So it's that Chiron and Aries. What do you think about that? Um, well, I didn't think about it yet about it being an Aries, but I guess it would be about self. It would be about like pain, un, uh, difficult 
pain to heal itself. It, I do think it's interesting that it's conjunct Jupiter because Jupiter's her luck. So it's mm. like even when she's getting luck to be an individual, there's pain associated with it. That's actually where I was like, maybe that's the Bill Maher interview. To me, it's yes. like on a personal level. Definitely. Um, because it, I love that, which is Cancer, hello, enmeshment. And then Aries, I mean, the, the Scorpio moon, hello, the sensitivity. But you're, what you're saying about that Aries is so right, which is like, she has this cause. Yeah. She has her artistic output. Right. And it's all enmeshed and it's all on her because... She is not really managed by, like, a team. Yeah, she's not. It's, like, her. It's pretty much her, and she has one manager who, by the way, that conversation in the documentary was kind of awkward, right? It made me wonder. That actually was, yeah, that was interesting. It made me wonder, like, who is fucking supporting her? And I got kind of pissed off. So you're right. That Chiron in Aries is really interesting, which is, like, it's very individualistic. And and that's hard. It's very much all on her. And, you know, her Mars in Taurus means, at least to me, she is the writer, editor, director, curator. You know what I mean? She's really putting this whole thing together. And that's also her Venus Virgo. like Which is opposing? The Venus Virgo. Or no, wait. What is this? Mars and Venus? They're in a nice trine together, which oh, means at least creatively, I think, in terms of executing her vision on a detail-by-detail detail basis, she's she has very good harmony. at that, obviously. And yeah, the Virgo, damn. But... The Venus in Virgo is squaring Neptune in Sagittarius. The Neptune in Sagittarius, I mean, this I don't know, this is how I see it at least. The Neptune in Sagittarius is like this belief that change is possible. <laughs> and this like fantasy that like large scale political, sociological, ideological change is possible. And her Venus Virgo, which is like, if I just work hard enough and I perfect this people will get it which is true right but there's a disillusionment that happens when venus is square the neptune because neptune is this planet of disillusionment and it's like yeah no the world actually is not gonna live up to your ideal because the world will disappoint you and then the moon in scorpio that must be so hard to take tell me about the moon in scorpio okay so all right i actually had this thought as a cancer moon right I have this very specific relationship to the idea of cancer and, like, being a cancer moon because it's, like... And you mentioned Drake. Like, it's embarrassing to be a cancer moon. (laughs) (laughs) It's really hard in very specific ways. It's actually taking me, like, I'm, like... It's, like, rejecting femininity because, like, Mm. femininity isn't cool. Mm. Like, that type of shit. But it's, like, being so deeply feminine in an emotional way that it's, like, also uncomfortable. And, like, hateable in a cultural (laughs) sense. But anyways, like, to me being a Cancer, it's, like, this super personal thing where, like, I'm, like, oh, I don't want to, like, expose my deepest emotions to the outside and, like, have them be crushed because they're, like, also my power and they're, like, it's, like, um, knowledge and Mm -hmm. stuff and you, like, need it. But if you expose it and it gets hurt, then it's, like, you're wounded and it kind of is taking away your time to, like, okay, so that's how I see. But I think a Cancer sun, it's not exactly like that. To me, That's it's really like maybe I think a Cancer Sun, it's a little bit more like, okay, like your identity is wrapped up in it. So maybe it's like less like painful in that really personal moon way. And then to have a Scorpio moon, to me, it's like the opposite thing where I feel like the Scorpio is like kind of the, you know, it's ruled by Mars, right? So it's like the fiery water sign. Whereas the Cancer is the ultimate water sign because it's ruled by the moon. That's really interesting. Which rules the waves and stuff and the ocean. You know, 
first of all, what I love what you said about femininity because classically my issue with cancer men, you know, get them away from me, I've given up, is there's a shell. And that's the yes. crab is and the I shell think the comes sun. Out. I think it's the sun in cancer. Sorry, that's what I mean with cancer sun, men yes. with cancer sun. Oh, yes, where I'm yes, like, yes, yes. okay, I know that deep down you're like a pussy. I will say but that's you're hard like, with all ooh, cancer sons. Right. I have that with I, some I cancer women too. I have a lot of like, cancer women in my life that I know that are tough as fuck. Yeah, where I'm like, can you just like open and up it's to me? Frustrating because yeah. they're also the same ones that like cannot say their needs out loud. Like they, you find out way too late. But it's fr- I'm I'm an Aries son, so it's really frustrating to me. And I do think that comes through with her, which is like, she's hard. You know, she's hard. Even with that documentary, she was very open. But, like, we know that we're not getting in all the way. She's and like I think her music is the, the, yes, she's self protected. And I think that the Mars and Taurus and the Venus Virgo create this, like, perfect musical soundscape that is so layered, but, like, not as intimate, which is interesting. Okay, so that's so, in- that is really huge. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I didn't think about that. To me, I feel like she's not as self-protective as the people we're talking about. Good, good. And to me, I think it's maybe the moon in Scorpio, right? Because the moon in Scorpio feels to me like fiery enmeshment energy, but it's not so like hole up and like hide away. It's not so much like hide in a shell. It's like she, I feel like she's strong. Like she can withstand like humiliation and shit. Like it's not as much in a shell as like, a lot of the Cancer Suns we're speaking about. It's interesting because I was looking up Scorpio moons today and it's like Katy Perry, Beyonce, Miley Cyrus, and Lady Gaga. Random. And it's like, what is going on with all of these women in music? Right. But then I was like, you know, all of these women, including MIA, go through phases. Yeah. Which is very Scorpio, which is like... They Death go through the fire, yeah. then there's a new incarnation. Yeah. And then they go through another fire, and then there's a new incarnation. And I do think you're right. I think that aspect of the the Scorpio, uh, that aspect of the Scorpio, like, through metamorphosis, yeah. allows for some, I don't know, it's like they don't stagnate or something, or like they don't get stuck in the same way and the water doesn't just like go flat um also diplo dating katie perry after mia wait i didn't know that yeah i read that on wikipedia and i was like what is going on with you yeah and mia has said that he was emotionally abusive wait really yeah wait that's such a bummer i wanted to believe that was a good relationship i mean she gave him his start, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Scorpio moon, I agree. That's definitely... And I think it's the like Scorpio... It's like there's strength to it, right? That's there what, is. And the north node, too, there. Conjunct the moon feels really well, intense, Well, the north it? node and the moon in Scorpio is like... That's insane. Can we talk about that? Like, let's talk... Because doesn't that feel, like, super significant? I agree. It does feel really significant. I and think it's... What is this? Is it trining her it's sun? It's trining her sun and her Saturn, and it's squaring her Venus. Um, Interesting. The north node is the high point of the moon's elliptical. Um, it represents kind of a, a higher consciousness. Uh, currently, obviously, we just had an eclipse uh, yesterday on the day of this recording. Uh, the eclipse was aligned with the north node in Gemini. Uh, just to give you an idea. The North Node and the Moon in Scorpio, 
I definitely think she answers to a higher authority. Dude. And I definitely think, like, you're not going to lie to her. And you're not going to gaslight her. It's the fucking truth coming down from, like, the heavens. Which is, to me, why when the, the, the Super Bowl thing happens, she's just like... This is not about that. She, you know, she's able to be like, no, no, like, you're not fool. You're not like fooling me. You yeah. know, and I think that's kind of why she's never worked in America. Yeah. Because we can't gaslight her. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I feel like in the documentary, her reaction when like the fucking big, by the way, that was so weirdly it's... triggering to have this giant white man, his face blurred out, come in. He's like, I'm the NFL. So she's in the green room <laughs> after performing the Super Bowl. Okay. Biggest performance of your life. She's like celebrating with her yeah. friends. These suits come in and they're like, well, we need to talk about what but it's just like did. Older white Southern man suit. Like it's... It's yeah, triggering it's to and to, he literally said, I am the NFL. As if he was the human impersonation of the National Football League, which is the most toxic thing in fucking America. And he walks in, his face is blurred out, whatever, and he goes, Can we need to talk about this? And he puts up like his middle finger, like like a fucking little baby. And it's funny because she's so fucking powerful and truth hungry and like badass warrior. But in that moment, she pulled like a cancer sun shell thing where she goes, Yeah, well, um, I'm just changing still and I'm like waiting for my manager to come. So like I'll talk to you later. And apparently they leave and she fucking left the building. <laughs> she avoided it. So, uh, which I thought was a little bit Jupiter and Aries too, of just like, <laughs> and like, yeah, but and and also, yeah, she, I mean, she has since settled with the NFL, which is like tragic. Wait, to did me. she have to pay that? It's an undisclosed. We don't know how much it was. That makes me want to cry. It's brutal. I really want to cry because she that's paved her the millions way for of Rihanna dollars too. Yeah, I mean, she for paved Rihanna. The- Rihanna, you know, obviously when the NFL offered her to perform at the Super Bowl was like, no, y'all are bullshit. Like, you're responsible for a lot of fucked up shit. And like, she, you know, she stands with Colin Kaepernick, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But MIA, I think, was the first to be like, wait, this is bullshit. You're allowed to fucking say it's bullshit. Also, remember when she was talking about like her reaction to it? Like, she didn't even think about it. She just did it, which to me makes sense. Like, that's how I would feel about flipping the middle finger because I'm not thinking about this like TV audience, Nielsen rating, Super Bowl, blah, 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 prime time. Who gives a fuck? Like, no one fucking cares. And also all this footage they showed after that moment, they showed this, like, lame-ass footage from some, like, news interview where they had a professional golfer as a guest on a local news station. And they were like, so how do you feel, Charlie? And it was all that, like, local news performance. They're like, Charlie, what did you think about the Super Bowl and MIA, this rapper? And then Charlie was, like, literally dead inside. Charlie's so (laughs) repressed. Charlie's fucking... Call the the hospital. Charlie's fully dead. Charlie goes... When me and my wife thought it was not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Charlie! I know. And you know, it's interesting that Miley Cyrus is also a Scorpio moon because it's obviously very different. Different. But Miley Cyrus's VMA thing, like, when I watched it, I was Wait, like. Wait, what is her? I don't know pop culture, David. Miley I can't Cyrus, write certain of course. When she performed in the VMAs, she like twerked. She this was in 2013, and it offended a lot of people. Obviously, the discourse that came from that is totally valid. I mean, yeah, it's also like yeah, like so different. Something weird happened, which was like, you know, 
I don't know how many people were actively offended watching that yeah. versus how many people thought Wanted they needed to, to be offended. Miley Cyrus. Which and is, Miley was yeah. like, what? You know, she was just like, okay. You like, know. also, she had been kind of trying to establish herself as a twerk girl for quite a while, right? Like, yeah, and also it was like, like what are you guys doing? It's like, that's so fucking America, dude. They, like, want, they, like, want celebrities, suck these celebrity dicks, but then they also, like, randomly will suddenly decide to be pearl-clutching in this very, like, totally. self-righteous moment. Like, you, naughty, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I thought the Miley Cyrus thing was bullshit because I used to go to bar mitzvah parties where they would play, like, Move Bitch, Get Out of the Way and Air yeah. Force Ones, and all of the Jewish, white Jewish boys were wearing Air Force Ones. So I was like, you know, we're kind of past the point of, like... Like, talking about white appropriate. Exactly. Like I'm like, we culture. are so beyond anyone being able to judge her. That was my opinion <laughs> at the time. Okay. I mean, that was an early, that was probably pre-Chet Hanks. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a little, I would say. I, was, um, pre, I think Chet Hanks was like the end of the chapter where it right. was like, actually something really bad happened here that we need to address. <laughs> but the point is, I do think that Miley and, it's interesting, Miley and MIA, and you could argue this Maybe with Katy Perry, like in some I of her. I cannot believe Diplo dated her. It's psycho. But like, I think they both had this thing of like, oh no, you're not going to tell me that I've been a bad, you know, like you're not going to flip this right. on me. And I think that's a little bit of the Scorpio moon, which is like, I've already moved on from this. Like the Scorpio moon is like, okay, I'm already ready for my new incarnation. Right. So you can cancel you're this one. So I'm going to be reborn next year. This. Like... Yeah, like, it's so fucking stupid. Like, they're way ahead of people on this, yeah. like, spiritual level or some shit. Like, especially because it's her North Node and Moon there. It's, like, beyond an emotional level. It's spiritual. It's, like, otherworldly level, right? Right. And it's, it's the true... I mean, this, to me, the Scorpio Moon is the Born Free controversy, which is, like... She was posting Every videos. fucking controversy is, is so crazy. Like, when you really look at it on paper, it feels like a fucking dystopian nov- novel of, totally. like, taking down a brown woman in America or whatever. Totally. I mean, you know what else I love about her that's different than a lot of other, um, like, millennium era? You know, what's different about someone like her with Britney Spears is, like, she was born in 1975. So when Arular came out in 2005, she was 30. Yeah. So, like... She's not a girl. She's yeah. not like an ingenue she's that the industry can crush. Woman. So she's like, you're not going to Amanda Bynes me. Like, yeah. I'm a woman. Which I think is like, okay. And she also came from like a very fucking intense background. I mean, to yeah. be a refugee in England and to like literally her dad started like a terrorist organization. Like, and her and her family had to flee. And like her family in Sri Lanka is struggling like, the final scene of the film was, like, her grandmother missing an eye. Yes, from a, a car bombing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, the the moon in Scorpio, when she was posting footage of the, um, like, basically the genocide going on in Sri Lanka, she was censured, it was ignored, or, like, in the case of Bill Maher, it was totally belittled. So she made the Born Free video, which was like an allegoric version. Where it's so she, brilliant, too. Brilliant. It's like, talk about artistic exactly. brilliance. It's like... And oh, like and satirical... Lil- she has Lilith and Pisces, right? That Wait, is, is big that, for me. That's, that is yeah, Lilith and Pisces. That's Lilith and about. Pisces vibes. That's such a I learned point. about Pisces being the art, arts from your podcast as really? well. Really? Big fan, long time listener. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was because I n- never heard that before, mm-hmm. and ever since you said that, now I think that too. I think. Where'd listen, you like hear that? <laughs> honestly, I thought she was going to be a bigger Pisces because during the documentary, oh I'm like, my, she's so artistic. She, well, she's also so Piscean. If you think of Pisces, Pisces and Cancer are similar in this way, which is like Pisces is the collection of all knowledge and art that you've gathered so when she's making these albums and she's going here to trinidad here to south africa here to sri lanka it's like this is pisces which is like jesus walking along the people and getting like collecting lessons as he goes so you know that's interesting to me what if all of her like a bunch of her shit is in the 12th house like maybe i I don't know i would believe that she is a 12th house maybe it's it's a scancer's Cancer stellium or like Scorpio. She to me has twelfth house, fourth house, all over the place. I saw fourth house of home and family, twelfth house of kind of closure and personal history and like the dark room. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, so like, well, with Born Free, she made this allegorical video, and then of course the video was it's too violent it's disturbing. It got taken down from YouTube and Twitter, and she's like, okay, what do you want? Because I'll tell the truth as it is, or I'll tell the truth through art, and you're going to reject it either way. It's That's like, the Scorpio. I felt like in that moment, watching her reaction to that in the documentary, I felt like that was watching her kind of crack under this. Because it is ridiculous. The pressure of that. the pre- And it's the unspoken pressure of being the brown woman Definitely. and being rejected. In America, to be a brown woman, in my view of it, is to be rejected. Mm. In, but it's like to be gaslit rejected. But it's like they're rejecting you, but it's like, okay, this is a really stupid example. But as a child in South Carolina where I grew up, we went to uh, the medieval times. You, you, you guys been there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And it's like you get like dinner that's like a chicken leg and then you watch like these knights like fight or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then there's that part where they have to choose like a princess from the audience. And I remember like all the time my childhood, like it was like that and it was like the Barbie thing at Disney World and shit where I was like raising my fucking little hand. <laughs> Desperate to be chosen. Desperate for something in my little fucking life to happen. And, like, seeing them, like, look over me and then choosing some, like, random white chick. And every time, as a child, thinking, like, that's because I'm brown. But it's like, why was that? Okay, maybe that's ridiculous. And someone's going to be like, that's fucking so stupid. And it it could be because, like, when I would talk to my fan about that, that's, like, very the vibe. But it's like. Oh, but that's. That's like somebody don't but need shit. But that's also, I have to say, that's very immigrant of like, don't feel sorry for yourself. That's so, my, my parents' uh, whole take on it is like, they just don't think about racism. Right, because they're like. It's not racism. That's, but that's my parents too. That's yeah. even my, my. Okay, sorry, continue. Okay, anyways, but like. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like uh, certain family members in that generation. That's how they think about feminism too, of like. Well, I did it myself, so I made it, so what's the problem? And it's like, okay, well, there's other stuff going on, but sorry, continue. No, 100%, and it's like, I feel like, like we were talking about this dichotomy. Were we talking about, now I'm like feeling so, I'm feeling Pisces vibes right now, where I'm like, what did we talk about pre, when we turned on the recording, and right. what are we talking about after? But Past I, lives, yeah. <laughs> but, um... We were talking about the dichotomy of being brown in England yes. versus brown in America. Yes. 
And like we said, like brown in England, I don't know what that's like because that's not my experience, but it feels different. And from watching skins and shit, it seems like they had more friends and shit. Like they're like kids like them. Like there was a little bit more of a community. It wasn't as isolating. But for me growing up in the South, and also I can't speak for every brown kid in America, but I grew up in South Carolina and Virginia. And like in the South, things are like de facto, like <laughs> segregated in also, weird ways. Also, just everyone, so you're listening. Faria and I grew up when George, we were in high school yeah, when George Bush, Bush was president. Era. So let's just give that a little framework. And by the which way, is the like, Clinton era was also pretty not chill. for people. Yeah. Like, so anyway, yeah. so it's like, um, it's like felt really isolating and mm-hmm. it was easy to be rejected. And like I said, I became the self-conscious version of a brown girl, whereas MII Sierra is this like, you know, fucking strong Scorpio warrior bitch. And then like, I internalized the rejection and rejected myself and I had to deal with all this and still dealing with it, by the way. I wish the government could, like, fucking pay me to deal with that. But, like, literally, it's, like... Anyways, to me, that is America. Is It's, like, everything is so on the surface, this, like, well, it's so polite and blah, 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 and, like, here's the icing on the cake. and But then it's, like, they're rejecting you in it deep fucking inhumane way that they will not own up to so not only is it happening you're you're losing your mind by the amount you're being like the level you're being gaslit is making you question your own self that takes away like a part of your humanity and your your brain and an ability to trust yourself you know there's a lot going on that i want to say mia has pluto in libra and like something that Dexter taught me on this podcast when we were talking about Britney Spears and Anna Nicole Smith, Libra is a mirror. Oh. Libra is, is the mirror. And people project onto Libra yeah. what they want to see. Yeah. And MIA has the destroyer in Libra. And there's this aspect with that, that Pluto squaring her Mercury of she is a Cancer. And she has Lilith in Pisces. Lilith is the original exile. Lilith right. is kicked out of the Garden of Eden for right. having a voice. She becomes this like she demoness, you know? Yeah. And Lilith is in Pisces. Pisces is not just the artistic imagination, it is the communal artistic imagination. Whoa. So we have this cancer with this Lilith in Pisces who's basically saying, I have walked the world like Lilith, and as an exile, I have collected this communal narrative and I've built it into something. Right. And that's her cancer and her Lilith and it's really beautiful and powerful. And then we have the the Libra Pluto, which is I'm going to tell that story. You are going to project all of this onto me, which is all the things I am and all the things I'm not and all right. of the things I carry as a brown person, as a woman, as a British person, as a poor person, yeah. all of that. And... When I express it, you're going to turn on me because you're going to like what you see in the mirror until you don't, and then you're going to want it out. Fuck. You know, it's very much, when we think, again, with the Britney Spears or the Anna Nicole Smith, it's like, they saw something they liked, Yeah. they saw a fantasy, and then they didn't like it, and they wanted it gone. And MIA, that, that Cancer and that Lilith in Pisces, she is telling the story of like, I mean, it's... You know, Lilith and Pisces. Pisces is the sign of Christ, obviously. It's like, there's a very Christian thing going on, which is like, 
I am presenting you the story of this moment. Yeah. And you're going to love it until you don't. You change your mind. You know, until I give you the middle finger at your Super Bowl. And yeah. you don't like it anymore. Yeah. And her Lilith is trining her son and Saturn. Is that what that is? Yes. And then, like you said, her Pluto is squaring Mercury. So yes. it's like she has this opening where she, like, speaking the, from the Lilith and the Pisces of the pain of that, the art, the communal artistic yeah. voice is, like, supported. Like, it's a huge part of her identity. It's how she's a boss. It's, like, a big thing. It's, like, very much working. But then the Pluto square Mercury's is, like, she's punished for it, for speaking out about it. Yeah, and I think the Venus Virgo does nicely there. Uh, Venus in Virgo is not easy, but I know a lot of women comedians who have Venus in Virgo because it's, it, it's Venus has fallen in Virgo. It's so detail-oriented. It's kind of an outsider thing where you're like looking at things from the outside and seeing how they work and seeing how they function. You know, you're not really being seen. Your Venus wow. isn't fully being seen in the way it should be. So I really think like, yeah, she has this power as an outsider. Yeah. But she's also perpetually put on the outside. And it's I think so that's the painful. experience. It's like so, I guess it's like, I feel like I'm putting her on this pedestal where I'm like, oh, it doesn't affect her because she keeps going and she's strong. It it doesn't hurt her like it hurts me, but it like Uh, does, doesn't it? But don't you think you're putting her on a pedestal so you can figure out how you're going to do this? Yeah. Because it's like, there is this reality. I'm sorry that I'm like telling you your life. No, wait, I like, like it. There is this reality that we're understanding in this country of this you'll be rejected for, like, speaking the truth. Yeah. So you, I think, like, you are trying to figure out how to how you're supposed to exist. You know what I mean? Because what you're expressing to me, I think, is, like, there is a reality that as a brown woman in this country, like, you, it's just the rules are kind of, like, the stakes are kind of set against you, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel. But then also sometimes when I speak up about it, I feel, like, gaslit for that. Mm interesting i mean because that is how i feel and i'm not saying that i have it the worst like i'm really not at all but i'm saying that it was a specifically painful experience but there's still then people who had it worse than me i feel like i feel like that's like the whole oppression olympics of like our generation where it's like you can't talk about what you went through as a person of color unless you're like being like well, anti-blackness is the worst thing, which it is. But it's like you're not allowed to talk about it right now because like, we're in this moment where it's like we're supposed to be lifting up BLM or something. That's how I feel. Totally. I feel like there's like this weird woke oppressive type shit going on where it's like if you're not talking about it perfectly, now the woke culture is like, well, bitch, you're going to get canceled. And it's like, you know, I think we're all holding our breath waiting to get canceled. You know, it's interesting, and this is to me where her moon in Scorpio comes in, which is like, there's only one truth, which right. is colonialism. There's only one truth, it's which like, is it's, capitalism. And so that oppressed you know? all of us. And by the way, it oppressed fucking white people, too. It oppressed right. women. That's why, by the way, okay, now let's, uh, let's take this back to uh, Fred Hampton, <laughs> kind of left turn, but like... You know, the whole, like, fucking, what was it called? Like, Rainbow Coalition or whatever. Like, how he was one of the only socialist leaders to, like, unite different races mm, and shit. And mm. was like, 
okay, well, I know actually that, all right, the poor black people and the poor brown people and the poor white people are all being oppressed by actually an economic system, capitalism. Like, it's actually so smart because it's like taking it to the economics of it, not even just like the social justice warrior of it. Yes. And then they fucking killed him because they couldn't handle how smart that was. And then we honestly, we haven't had another leader like that. And, and our leader who's like risen up to that amount of power and it's like, that's what I feel like is wrong with the whole social justice movement. I'm about to get canceled by the social justice movement. Honestly, please cancel me. Then I can like relax. You'll you know free. what I mean? But it's like, to me, it's like now the culture, everything online is woke memes on like Instagram and Twitter. And it is diluting everything into this like self-care thing. And it is a lot of like self-righteous, like angry women on Instagram being like, well, if you're white and you're this, then I'm going to do it. And it's like constantly dragging everyone. And that's how you're supposed to fight for justice. But it feels catty and like not helpful and actually like didactic and like weirdly just like self-involved. And like, it's like, but someone with a Scorpio moon on top of a North node yeah and that neptune and sag squaring her venus virgo she's like i want to just mash it all up and mix it up and like break it down again and like i don't think people are ready to go that far wait can i ask you something yeah if the moon is right on the north node does that mean she was born during like an eclipse no oh okay um it means something that I can't remember, but it does not mean that she was born on an eclipse. Okay, okay. I don't know it how It does mean work. some... It, 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 it is what you mean about the moon is at its, like... It's, like, something intense. It's, it's like, at its kind of highest power. It's intensified. So I think, yeah, that is why she and Katy Perry are both Scorpio moons, but in a different way. Yeah, dude! Yeah. You know, I think I agree with everything you said. Okay, thanks. And... I think, like, what she was trying, what she does very well is, like, her music is about the larger mosaic of oppression. Right. And not this, like, very reductive, like, to me, her cancer is, like, okay, we're all here. You know what I mean? And it's not this, like, very, I was surprised to see she, I, I would. If you told me she was like an Aquarius or a Pisces That's rising. That's what I thought. Because she has a very big picture I going on. I feel like she's, is that Aquarius? A oh, big yeah. picture guy? Aquarius is totally zoomed out. Aquarius Dude, is looking so at the true. whole planet. Oh my God, that's us. Right, it is. Wait, I bet she's an Aquarius rising. Yeah. I just feel like it. Yeah. I'm, and I am trying to own that for us I right agree. now, but I really want her to be so badly. I agree. Um, yeah, um... It's interesting, too, like, I, I looked up kind of her events, and it all pretty much lines up, you know, uh, Arular came out right on her Saturn return, oh, right shit. right as Saturn was passing over her son also, uh. and the sat, her Saturn square was during the Super Bowl, um, the documentary came out during her Uranus opposition, so Whoa. she's now in, Uranus is actually, like, right now hitting her Mars, so I think she's probably going through some sort of a creative revolution. Because, like, okay, because here's the thing. She's been out of the public eye for a while, right? Like, no, what has she even done in the last, like, What's three years? What's interesting, I discovered, was that she left Rock Nation in 2013. That's who um, she was signed with? Yeah. And she now actually, 
in 2020 was like, I'm starting a Patreon and I want my fans to like directly support my music. Which to me is actually very urine like while Whoa, that's so Uranus, which is the planet of like revolution, is moving through Taurus for the next few years. Yeah. So as Uranus has been going through Taurus, we're seeing obviously the rise of cryptocurrency, NFTs, you know, new forms. We had the GameStop coup during the last year in a Saturn Square. We're seeing kind of new, a new economy being arisen, right. you know, foreign by the people, ostensibly. So as Uranus is hitting her natal Mars, her kind of drive, she is actually realigning and being like, okay, I, I am really that. in control and you can be a part of that. And we're not doing gatekeepers anymore. I love that so much. But it also makes me, like, worried. Yeah. Because it's like, that sucks that it's like, the system, like, she had to leave, I mean, of course she had to leave the system, right? The system fucking sucks. But the system has so much money. And now it's like to have to rely on her fans for money, who are, like, probably a lot of, like, poor people and shit. I mean, I think that she, we can all do it. I'm going to chip in. I mean, I don't know but that she's, I, like, I, relying, but this is the future. But that, and, like, I hope she saved, like, probably a lot of money that she made. <laughs> this is me thinking about Obviously. her finances. But, like, what I'm saying is that's what sucks about the system. You know what I mean? Yes. Even when you strike out on your own, though, it's, like, it's not fair that we have to, like, do GoFundMes for, like, hospital bills. It's not fair. Yes. But it is going to be the future. Not not like that. It's going to evolve, so it's way more sustainable. But like, there don't the gate. There don't need to be gatekeepers, and there, there won't be. Yeah, of course not, right? But it's like, yeah, maybe the future is more communal living, and totally. then the Patreon is that. But it just, I'm thinking about. I don't know. I'm just imagining. Even like, I was shocked seeing how she made her albums. That I was like. How did any record label, when she said, like, I want to go to seven continents to record my (laughs) my album, I can't imagine how she did that, how the record execs, I mean, I don't know who her champion was, but I cannot imagine record execs having a brown girl from, like, with that accent being like, I need to fly to seven continents to record this, this album, and them being like, yes, but to her... That's how it should always be. That's how it should always and be. And that's the future. And she and she was doing it herself, like like coming up with these ideas and shit. Well, okay, A, I completely that's such a good point. B of course it's really expensive, but also every country she went to was like deeply developing. So it's yes. like the cost of living there was probably not that much. Yeah. C um I wonder if she was going through some like intense period of like luck in her career. Because sometimes you just have this, like, immense luck coming through that you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't even really know what the fuck. Yeah, I don't know where... Maybe in her Fortuna? I think, yeah, that's a good call. I mean, I know that Saturn was likely crossing her Venus, um, probably when she was making Kala. But, I yeah, I wonder what was going on with her Jupiter. I mean, she may have just been having, like, Jupiter going gangbusters that year. Yeah, like, what if? No, it was crazy. I mean, and... You know, her being pregnant and being Oscar and Grammy nominated in the same year. It's like, whoa. Oh, my God. And when she talked about that, that was so human. Like, it was such a human moment. Like, she was like, I was juxtaposing being, like, a famous celebrity with, like, having a child. And with the genocide going on. And with the genocide going on. Yeah. And also, I have been reading articles and shit about, like, what pregnancy is really like for women and how, like, 
so many people don't talk about it and it's so unlike it's just even now like moms like even my friend who's a mom is like oh like women aren't talking like it's just like a thing oh yeah but it's like gruesome and and can be so intense and it's like we don't even know what her pregnancy was like you know what i mean like the personal experience of that yeah i mean it's it's really it's very cancer to me of just like you're holding all of these emotional truths together and it's very scorpio moon which is like you're having to bear all of these emotional truths simultaneously yeah that's like and being like having to do that without being just like flattened right you know because i think that's so cancer which is like i'm tapped into everything right (laughs) wow damn yeah um in terms of her music, do you have any that you've, like, truly loved or vibed with? Um, like, songs? Yeah, anything like that. I really like Bad Girls. Like, when that was um, on the documentary, that shit was making me feel really good and happy inside. Bad, okay, this is the thing with Bad Girls is, like, that video is cool. Like It's so fucking cool. I didn't it, know the, it ever had, like, oh, a yeah. controversy. That's the, I'm like... I'm sorry that she has, like, a a, vision. Yeah, no, it's, like, everyone that she's having controversy with is a fucking loser. Like, they're all (laughs) virgins who have never had sex. Like, why do we care what they think? When you talk about that, like, 80s punk rock thing, it's like, yeah, her getting those women in, like, the blinged-out burkas. That was so crazy. Doing, like, the car chase is, it's like, oh, Dude, and the car that's, like, driving on two wheels? Yeah, it's like. That was real. It looked real. It's, it's like, like, you're iconic. It's like a stunt. Yeah, Yeah, and she's fucking on the top, just, like, chilling, <laughs> like, like just, like, laying back on it. I mean, yeah. it was, that really blew me away. I mean, Paper Planes was really huge, I think, for all of us. Huge. Oh, my God. I, like, made up a dance in college. I yes. like, do it at parties. But it was, like, not, like, even the choreographer. It was just, like, I would do it. Yes. And, like, like, pretend like I just came up with it. <laughs> yeah, major. Honestly, at the Jew frat, a lot of the times, that's where I went to the Listen, that's too bad, but, uh, you know, you do what you can I had a crush to survive. On a Jew. I'm yeah, sorry. anyways, really embarrassing stuff. But, um, <clears throat> I went to George Mason University, just so people know. I'm not, like, a fucking loser. We were just, like, in the suburbs. <laughs> there weren't, weren't many options for, like, cool things. But anyways, um... Do you have any closing thoughts you want to share about MIA? Or about Dude. any, we've talked about, you and I have just covered like a lot, a lot. so just anything even about yourself, because I feel like we just talked about like so many intersections of just, identity. Wait, wait, can I look at, because I took a bunch of notes. I just want to like, listen, I just want to reference this, I think is South Node in Virgo right now. But um, let's see. Okay. Even the phone conversation, by the way. Oh. The New York Times profile. Can we just mention that really so, quick? So, the New York Times that felt <laughs> like That felt so wrong. The New York Times, in the documentary, they basically, like, betray her. They, like, sweet-talk her. And then the white woman writing the piece totally turns on her. And, like, writes this piece about, like, well, now that she's married to the heir of Lehman Brothers, like, she's a fake. She's a fraud. Which is this, like, whole idea that, like... A woman, if a woman is, like, successful, then she's, like, sold out. Which is, by the way, let me just say something. 
Someone like Kanye West can literally do whatever he wants, and he will always have this, like, air among, like, the male establishment of, like, yeah, but he's an artist. He's a genius. Oh, my At every God. turn in MIA's career, they're trying to, like, prove that she's a fraud. It, that's And, again, that's, like, the secret gaslit light totally. of being woman. Totally. Being woman. Because it's, like, it's being woman, then it's being brown woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's so many layers of the gaslight rejection. Totally. Lilith um, and Pisces, baby. Um... So, anyways, okay, so, so there's just a couple things I want to point out that I wrote down when I was watching this. I actually, like, kind of got stoned and watched it, and then I was like, I want to write an essay on this. Like, yes. it blew me away. Okay, but, um, so she talked about the Super Bowl thing, and she talked about how she looked up to Madonna, like, her whole life or whatever, or, like, she had watched Madonna be this, like, oh, Madonna's such a badass. Like, she's so in control. She's so empowered. Like, she thought she was, like, this Lilith character. But actually getting to the Super Bowl, which, by the way, really feels like an experience that I think I can only imagine happens a lot in the entertainment industry, where you, like, meet your hero or you get to a place you've always wanted to be, and it's just deeply not what you thought it would be. Well, there's a moment when she gets the call to do the Super Bowl where she's, like, yeah but but like she it was you can crazy. tell she doesn't it, it's not something she had thought of but yeah. she's like yeah we need to like sell albums and like yeah. this is a super bowl i'll be watched by 150 million right. people but it's like and also there okay. was like a weird point in her career where totally. it was like kind of the lull and she was like starting to be like man what the fuck totally you know? um anyway so she gets this and then she talks about watching madonna get bossed around by these NFL older white men like that we were just talking about and they would say stuff like stand here do this look like this blah 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 like giving her all these fucking rules and she said I mean essentially what she was saying is she was like watching Madonna be domed by the patriarchy the capitalist white American patriarchy and that was like disillusioning her she didn't use those words but that's what she was saying and she said something like well if no one else is gonna do it I am that's what she Mm. said to her friend about putting up the middle finger yeah so there's that okay being completely misunderstood and taken out of context because she's like too smart for people um and everyone stay tuned for the madonna episode featuring richard perez coming this leo season uh which we'll get into madonna's everything but yeah no i I, that's the thing i think actually with her mars and taurus is her being like and her venus virgo which is her being like and her her moon and scorpio which is like wait, I actually am in charge of my image. And I think there's this disappointment and disillusionment that happens when she meets other like icons and she's like, oh, you're a product. I didn't realize that, you know? This is, that's, and I think to me, that's one of the most depressing, disillusioning things of pursuing a career in the arts slash entertainment is realizing how many people that you've seen and looked up to or whatever is that. Totally. And it's it's how you succeed in a capitalist system, but it's super sad to really have to think about. You know what I mean? Well, also, like, Madonna is so big, like, it's bigger than anyone can conceive yeah, of. Yeah, you cannot that conceive. That she can't really be a fully person. behind the wheel in that way. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 she's an institution right? and there's so many people who make money off of her. And I think for someone like MIA, it's it's like, like, what? It's like, yeah, I guess if you're an institution, there's not much space to be an artist. It's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of compromise. That was so scathing. Everyone's going to. I mean, I love Madonna, Madonna but I understand 
you know, when I watch the Joan Rivers documentary and Joan Rivers is like, I am putting so many people in my family through college. And you're yeah. like, oh, this is so big. Well, it's actually a choice. And maybe and it's, it's a, a series of it, it's a series of compromises. And there's like so many hands involved. MIA is not. MIA is like, OK, well, I'm like actually just my own independent voice and I, right. I'm not going to compromise. And that's that. how I feel. And maybe that's Good. like. And also, I think the stakes are different because you're not just a woman, you're a brown woman. And it's like, yeah. if they if they get your image, they will ruin it. They will, you know what I mean? It makes you me can't just not want to pursue it. But I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm watching, I'm telling you, like, I've been, a, you know, like we said, like I'm an MIA fan in this, like, personal brown woman way. And, like, I'm lo- looking at her, we're talking about, like, what happened to her career, and she's on Patreon. It's making me not want to do it. I don't want to fucking do this shit. I'd rather just have a normal life, but, like, I don't even know what that means anymore. <sighs> It sucks. Like, I don't want to have to go through all this shit just to get gaslit, just to get torn down. I'm a cancer moon. I can't fucking deal with it. I want to just have a nice personal life with my kittens. MIA has created the discourse in which you and I are sharing this podcast, which means to say whatever you do and whatever I do is going to create and feed into a larger changing social upheaval in which um people are able to um spur on the artists they love and form like a true audience and a true patronage that affirms and sees one another and a lot of these gatekeepers are just kind of going to die um we are in an aquarian age you and i are both aquarius risings and like the system is changing yeah i listen to this is a dumb example, but my favorite podcast is called Cerebro, and it's a gay X-Men podcast that I think everyone should listen to. <laughs> You're so but, complex, dude. Yeah, so many multitudes. But that is three hours a week of fags talking about X-Men, and it has created oh my a God. community of fags. That's literally your community. Right, and these are queer people who now have a say. I don't know how big of a say is, but people at Marvel know about it and they're not, you know. Shut up. I wish that brown women had that, but we don't. But you will because here you are talking and like you are a drop in this larger ocean in the way that she is. And it's I want to believe something. that, but I just, I feel like a lot of the pain of being a brown woman, like I said, could also be like the inter-brown on brown woman, like oh isolation. God. I can't imagine. So. I don't know. I've been really disappointed by that, so it's hard for me to believe, but I really believe in MIA. And I understand. If I have a final thing to say on this, another one final quote that I wrote down was her talking about her art, and she's like, she's like, I need to keep the immigrant story in all my work always because that's what I'm trying to make sense of. And I feel like we get a lot out of that. It is the cancer moon. It is, like you said, this need to tell the narrative of the people, but also the reason she makes art is to make sense of her own experience, and that really stuck with me because that's what I feel like is the true value, esoteric personal value of art that isn't valued in a capitalist system because you can't make money off of making sense of something for your personal satisfaction of life you know we're we're in an aquarian saga right now saturn's moving through aquarius what is the ethos is the question i'm asking a lot of people when i've been reading them what is the ethos of what you're doing what is what is the point because you need to have a purpose is that the point of like to me that's where aquarius the aquarius leo divide happens leo's the face aquarius is the point you know because that's how i feel 
I feel like a lot of times these days I'm asking myself, like, what's the point? Like, I'm definitely going through my own personal right. mini revolution transformation internally. And I'm like, what is the point? Because I was chasing certain goals, but now it all kind of seems meaningless. And not to plug my zine, but uh, yes! <laughs> that's what my fucking zine is about. <laughs> but my zine, oh my God, wait, I have to show it to you, by the way. I'm going to show it oh, to you after wait. this. Okay, but. I mean, I just think like her music stands the test of time because there's so much in it and each song I discover something new each time because I'm like oh wow I didn't even realize you were talking about this when I first you know what I mean yeah like it it's about a lot um, yeah by the way I didn't mean to like mansplain your life if if you want to feel when? doomed feel doomed like no, I, I hate did. when I tell women like oh everything's gonna be fine have no, hope no, like no. I think Can that's I kind say, of bullshit I actually like I feel like you have enough self-awareness where you don't ever actually mansplain shit. You just, like, think you are because you're, like, over, like, um, uh, not correcting, but, like, being aware. And to me, it's like, you didn't mansplain. I think you offered me a little bit of hope that sometimes I struggle to have because I've been disappointed. I, You know what I mean? You know, an aspect of my gaslighting, though, like, one of my abusers would always put a silver lining on every cloud yeah. so that I would never believe it was as bad as it was. So Shut I don't want to ever do that. Oh, that's really... So that makes a lot of sense. Okay. For why you would... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the episode of all episodes. I like, I just feel like we up. have invoked like everything in this episode. I mean, episode. you don't understand. I already said how much I'm loving uh, this. I mean, yeah, yeah. The this is the first of many. We're going to have you back for yeah, quite yeah, a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, I would say... The documentary is kind of a must. Um, You're going to put the name in the thing? The documentary is, uh, it's called, I think, Maya Matangi M.I.A. In terms of albums, she actually has kind of a Lady Gaga trajectory, which is like, I love the album Matangi, but I think it's the art pop where not as many people appreciate it. But like Mm. that album fucking slams. Arular and Kali are also perfect. Um, I think... That song, Borders, is, like, the greatest satirical song I think ever written, um, where it's her, like, aping internet um, self-congratulation. Okay. But (laughs) you really can't go wrong with her music or her videos. And, yeah, Fariha, where can people... Tell us about your zine. Where can people be checking you out? Et cetera, et cetera. So you can hit me up on Instagram at Farizi4Es. Um, maybe I'll be doing stand-up shows. I don't really know. Um, but I did just make this zine. It's called "Is Making Art Under Capitalism Futile?" Question mark. In short, no. But here's a socioeconomic explanation of why it feels that way. And I will say that has been really my passion project and my baby that I gave birth to. So I'm trying to sell them on Etsy and via my Instagram. So if you hit me up, uh, I can get you a copy. And um, Instagram is for easy for ease. Thank you. And um, you can watch my film Breakup Baby also link in bio. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate Instagram, but you know, here I we mean, are running a business out of it, babe. Listen, we have to weigh our compromises. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I, I actually never want this episode to end. I know, I'm having so yeah, much Yeah, me too. Fun. All right, we're going to just do like six more with different um, icons. I can't wait. Um, thank you for having such an open heart. Oh my God, thank you, David. Honey. I um, love you, dude. I love you too. I have been David Odyssey. Classically, uh, I would love if you would like tell people about this podcast, rate, subscribe, review. I need to be asking people to do that more. Um, but you guys should obligated. just be doing it out of the goodness of your heart if you're enjoying it. Yes, but also I don't I don't expect anything from you, and I want you to feel free when you're listening. I to this like podcast. that. I like okay. that you said like as a listener. I so like that. there's no guilt. Um, but uh, you can always, of course, follow me at David underscore Odyssey, and listen. The saga continues. Okay, saga continues. Um, and happy end of Gemini season into Cancer season. Woo. The Luminaries is made with love in New York City. Art by Greg Kozatek and music by Henry Kapersky. Thank you so much for listening. I would so, so, so appreciate if you could leave a review, a five-star rating, etc., etc., on iTunes. I don't know if you can rate things on Spotify, but you get the idea. Tell your friends. You know where to find me. I will see you next Tuesday with all my love, David Odyssey. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.